Hi, and welcome to episode 18 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia, and I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. So our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, which I think we'll do this episode, and most Mm -hmm. importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. So here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, and other sources on the World Wide Web. Um, We'll have all these recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and the shopping list on our website, www.dinnersisters.com. You can also get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. Right, so this week's recipes were now and later instant pot butter chicken, quick kimchi pancakes, and oversized mozzarella arepas with spring vegetables. Yes, Mm. so good. So we're traveling a bit with this week's meals. Um, Delhi, which is where I found out butter chicken comes from, to India, to Korea for the kimchi, and finally South America, especially like Venezuela, Colombia for the arepas. A couple things for certain. We are not discovering these dishes. Many people have been eating them in one form or the other for many years. And secondly, we don't claim that any of these recipes are authentic, which is such a problematic world anyway. Like, who's to say what authentic is, right? So what we really found was a collection of three great recipes that represented pretty much the whole world. Yeah, it was a really fun week of cooking. I enjoyed these recipes and it was just something a little different. So let's dive in here. What did we have first? Yeah. So our first recipe is the now and later instant pot butter chicken on Food 52. Mm -hmm. Now, I found this recipe a while ago and bookmarked it since James absolutely loves butter chicken. Um, It's one of his favorite recipes to order out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And finally, you know, also I had recently gotten my instant pot. So this is like, I don't know, a year ago or so. And I was like, oh. You can make dinner and rice at the same time in the Instant Pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what it has you do is you add a can of tomatoes, the chicken, and a bunch of spices, including garlic, ginger, turmeric, and garam masala into the bottom of the pot. Kind of mix it up. Then you put a high trivet over it. Or if you're like me, you kind of improvise a high trivet with some things that you've got in the, your kitchen and kind of like just so it's popped up above mm-hmm. the the. the the um, chicken and the tomatoes and stuff. And um, then you put a bowl of rice, water, and ghee or coconut oil on top of that trivet. You set the Instant Pot for 10 minutes, you let it rest for 10 minutes, and then you pull out the rice and the chicken. Then you add the dairy, the butter, and the heavy cream into the sauce, and you blend it all up if you have a hand blender. I do not have a hand blender. So I use a potato masher. I think it's just fine. <laughs> I did the same thing. I yes. actually have a hand blender, but I was like, no, that is not necessary at this point. <laughs> I mean, the Instant Pot really does like cook those tomatoes. Yeah. So I just kind of get in there. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. Anyway, add the chicken back in. You kind of you know shred up the chicken a little bit. Add it back into the sauce and you're set. Um, the recipe calls for cilantro, which I may or may not have. Delicious if you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, ugh. I just love the one pot simplicity of this. It's also a lot of hands off time, which I enjoy Mm -hmm. because I can scroll on Instagram, as we all know. Um, 
But I would give yourself, though, at least 45 minutes. However, kind of like we talked about this with the Instant Pot, lots of hands off time, but it's not exactly going to be like a 10 minute meal. Um, yeah. What did you think about the butter chicken? So I really liked this recipe and I'm with James. I love getting butter chicken when we are getting Indian takeout. Mm. And my girls also love butter chicken. That's like a standard order. Nice. And so I actually made this twice and I ended up both times making the basmati rice on the stove because I didn't have a like instant pot safe bowl mm. that I that would fit in my instant pot. Right. So that's something I just need to pick up, I think. But making rice on the stove is actually not that much work and it was no. super easy. So it's like the, for me it's like the novelty. Like who yeah. the hell fun. It's just in there, but I it's I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's even if you're just like, "Whoa, this is kind of crazy." I'm just going to do the chicken in here and do the rice in the stove. Mm. It, I didn't think it really added any additional work. Mm. Um, so I thought the recipe was great. I was wanting a little bit more flavor. And I don't know mm. if you felt like this, but the second time I almost doubled the spices and Ryan and I were both like, oh, I feel like I just wish they would come through a little bit more. Mm. And I think one of the things that she says is that you can add, but yeah. um, it's to add some additional grandma marsala at the end of the pressure yeah. cooking. So I think that's kind of key here. And I don't know if that's an instant pot thing in general, but if you can throw some extra, if you want to spice it up mm-hmm. after you're done, just kind of keep going with the yeah, spices. I, yeah, I definitely always put the extra garam masala in and I didn't find it to be lack of spices. And that's something I feel like I'm really susceptible to. I also tend to buy a lot of garam masala so it doesn't go... Um, stays pretty spicy tasting but i don't know i might have just i also bought i think it's a tandoori so i'm wondering if that was maybe just a less spicy mix that could have been my problem here yeah i think so i think garam marsala is a fairly generic term and that it covers a specific like it can have these kinds of spices in it which i think include like black pepper um, and cinnamon and some other things, which I'm just blanking on right now. But I wonder if yours is just not a super like poppy garam masala blend. It could have been because I, I made it and I thought, wow, this feels like it should just be really popping more than it is. But you're mm. right. It could just be because I was using the fresh ginger and the garlic and yeah. all the other and the cumin and the I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes in here. Yes. So maybe that was just it. Maybe I'll try mm. it again with a different um spice mix yeah anyways i liked it i thought it was really really delicious oh good so i think and i'm giving it a three and a half probably four if i can if i would get that different spice i'm gonna try it again because i really really did like this recipe it just didn't pop for me but that could have been my spice blend yeah and and definitely add the garam masala at the end too i think that's that's yeah i did that both times oh you did okay yeah Hmm. yeah 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 you know i've 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 made this a couple times i will keep making it I sometimes cheat because I've got really good dried um, ginger and garlic powder from Penzi Spices mm-hmm. that tend to kind of come through. And I just will throw that in because I'm just like, I don't even want to chop a garlic today. Yeah. Um, and did you notice that the recipe says that you're supposed to save part of the sauce for later? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know. Okay. I was just like, I guess you could. I mean... I don't know. It surely got eaten at my house, so I did not have that issue. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. This for me is four to five forks because I, I, I just love it, and I'm going to keep making it. 
Cool. All right. So what do we have next here? We've got quick kimchi pancakes from Bon Appetit. Yeah. So these pancakes are dead simple um, because they're pancakes, right? So pancakes Mm -hmm. can't be that complicated. Um, You chop up some kimchi. You make a really quick batter with eggs and flour, and then you fry them up. And um, I actually heard about these from my friend who makes her own kimchi up in northern Maine. Can you believe Mm. it? No, but that's cool. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She's her own fermenting crock and everything. It's amazing. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, so she makes her own sauerkraut, her own kimchi. I don't make my own kimchi yet. Could be um, cool. But, yeah, watch out, James. Um, <laughs> but we do have a couple local brands that I really like that I can buy at the um, you know, the Whole Foods. Plus, you can always go to an Asian market for kimchi. I feel like many um, high-population areas have an Asian market that would have kimchi. Mm-hmm. Um so, anywho, these were so delicious warm. I just ate them plain with a little soy sauce the first time. And then the leftovers, I heated up the next day and had them with a fried egg. Uh, what did you think? I thought these were super easy, really delicious. I had mine with a fried egg over it. Mm. You know, I just think you a little soy sauce. You can't go wrong here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very similar to our episode one Veg pancakes by yeah. Smitten Kitchen. Sort of the same thing. You can make them a little smaller, serve them with fish. Yes. They're just very flexible, very delicious. And it really does just look like pancake batter with kimchi in it. So right. it's a familiar look and feel. If you've ever made pancakes, you can make these. Right. Yeah. And I would say, like, if you're thinking about those Japanese vegetable pancakes, it's a bit more batter than though. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but you're right. It's the same kind of concept, like a vegetable pancake. I just love the tanginess of the kimchi in there with the spice, mm-hmm. which I think is just so good. Um, yeah. So please don't be afraid of kimchi if you haven't tried it. I think this is actually a fairly good um, recipe to try kimchi with, frankly, because yeah. who doesn't like pancakes? Um, yeah. And I just I thought it was so good. I will also say buying tip. Look at the label if you can and see if it gives you any hints about how hot or not hot the kimchi is. Because some kimchi can like, be blow your face off hot. Yeah, mine said actually spicy. The jar I picked up for this mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I wonder if this is going to be too spicy. And it wasn't. No. But I agree. You have to like familiarize Ooh. yourself with the brands you're buying and what yeah. spicy means to them. Right. So, and yeah. I think in the pancake, it gets a little less spicy because it's in all that dough. And so it's not, it kind of tempers mm-hmm. it a bit. But if you don't, if you've got your choice and you've never had kimchi before and you're a little wary about spice and you have in your hand one that says mild kimchi and the other that's not labeled, go for the mild the first time. <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah. it's so good, but it can be, whew, yeah. So this recipe gets uh, a four out of five stars for me. Four out of five stars for me, too. I like this one. Nice. All right, okay. so our last recipe this week is oversized mozzarella arepas with spring vegetables from, again, Food 52, which they're having a moment this week. Uh, yeah, so normally I don't like to repeat myself, but I did it without even knowing it, and I, you know, I don't care. Fine. This yeah. is my podcast. Yeah. And yours. Right. This is right. our podcast, Betsy. Do what we want. Do what we want. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I do think it highlights the fact that Food 52 does try to talk in, about food from a diversity of viewpoints and cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I think it's a great side to kind of explore. They have a very like large contributor base, contributor base to it. Um, and they do have some writing on there about um, different cultural perspectives on food if you're interested. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to say I did it on purpose to highlight the diversity of this of this episode. Love it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, um, the arepas were amazing, and I just cannot wait to tell you about them. The dough mm-hmm. is straightforward. Masa harina, which is a special corn flour that's been um, treated with lime. So you do have to get that specific cornmeal. If you make it with regular cornmeal, it may not be as um, kind of tasty. Anyway, masa harina, chunks of cheddar cheese, and water. You mix it up and you let it sit and hydrate for about just five minutes, not that long. Um, meanwhile, you blanch your veggies, the asparagus, the zucchini, mm-hmm. and snap peas. Then you saute the vegetables and shallots and olive oil. When that's all done, then you divide up the dough and two huge discs for, like, very large arepas. Mm-hmm. And fry them in a bit of oil. And I had to do mine one at a time because I've got a 12-inch cast iron skillet. And still, I had to do them one at a time. Um, and then top with the veggies. So, yeah, it's basically a big corn pancake stuffed with cheese, topped with veggies. So delicious. Delicious, um, yeah. Yeah. You, so Betsy, you kind of like had a bit of a time with this recipe, as I remember from our text <laughs> exchange when you're cooking it. I did, which is so funny because it is really, really simple. But I was making this and I had my little ingredients out and it mm. says in the ingredient list and I am, this is my own problem, but something when I'm, sometimes when I'm making something like a pancake mm-hmm. or an arapa where I'm thinking, okay, this is, I generally know how this works. I don't. Right need to go into the instructions which are on a different like click through page because I was on the website you know Ew. um I just get lazy about it and so anyways I did it said ingredients were two tablespoons of oil and the mozzarella and then right. the mozzarella which I was using fresh mozzarella which is a bit of moisture in there right and mm-hmm. so I was like gosh these seem really dry even <laughs> with this all mixed together is this right that's so strange but maybe this is so I texted you and yeah. if you read the instructions it does say <laughs> in the instructions to put the water in which I thought I was just thinking well of course Betsy of course they have water in why this is so stupid <laughs> but then I was super salty. angry. I was so <laughs> salty about the recipe because I was thinking water is an ingredient why wasn't yeah. it on the ingredient list? I agree. This is I that is one of my pet peeves mm-hmm. is when there is something that you need in that recipe and it is not in the ingredient list. Even yeah. if it is water, water is an ingredient drives Agreed. me bonkers. Well, and this recipe just like you're saying is literally three ingredients. The flour, the cheese, the water. Mm-hmm. Oil, I would even Oil, I would actually put in the directions over water because that's like oil up your pan. It's Wait, who needs to know that? I was like, why is the oil in the pancake section of this and not the water? Oh I mean, clearly I could have just read all this and figured it out. But yeah. also poor execution on the recipe, I thought. However, Agreed. they were delicious and I love them. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Word of warning, read the recipe if you're going to make these including the instructions you know once you get over that hurdle i too i thought they were delicious it's that cheesy and the corn masa was comforting and crispy mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so good i had a friend over for dinner and made these she had had arepas before with a meat topping and mm-hmm. she likes that but she said the veggies were really good because it prevents it from getting too heavy yeah you know? i like i like that and i agree mm-hmm. with it we yeah actually made these in a night where we had just gotten back from the farmer's market and I had tons of fresh fruit just kind of on the Mm. counter and I had made all the vegetables which I by the way also did not blanch I definitely just sauteed those on my Mm -mm. stovetop I yeah I I, did it and it was not worth it in fact I think it overcooked the veggies yeah I also saw that and thought 
just zucchini? Why am I not just throwing this with some olive oil on in Mm -hmm. my pan and just put? So that's what I did. But so I had all these fresh veggies, which were really good. But then my kids were like, I want one of these with some sliced peaches and plums, which is what we had out. And it was really delicious. And that kind of cheesy, salty Mm. with the sweet fruit was really, really good. So it was a fun, it made kind of a fun weeknight dinner for us. Definitely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm with you on skipping the blanching step and just sauteing the veggies and making the arepas smaller. Yeah, that's what I did. I made Mm -hmm. them more like three or four inches. But I love the fruit idea. That's so Mm -hmm. so cute. I love that. And I actually made them a second time for lunch for James and I. Well, we're kind of like having a lazy Saturday at home. And Mm -hmm. I just had some beans in the cupboard. So I just lightly mashed up beans, salted them and put those on top. So good. Yeah, yeah. like black beans. So I think it's also worth mentioning that arepas are traditionally made in Venezuela with a special type of flour that's made from cooked corn rather than masa harina, which is um, actually, quote unquote, nixtamalized, which is fancy. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. With lime, different process, but in different flour. Um, but arepa flour isn't readily available everywhere in the States, you know. Okay. So. Yeah. We're using it as a substitute, and but I was just curious, like, if anyone out there has used arepa flour before and let me know if we're missing out. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I will say, so good. Thought it was delicious. I, you know, this recipe had some rough spots, you know, but it had some really good spots. So mm-hmm. I'm giving it three out of five stars because I loved the taste and the recipe. I would say, like, if you're into it, Definitely try out this recipe, maybe with our notes. But the recipe itself, I can't rate super, super highly because it had its, its problems. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I'm going to give it a three out of five stars. I thought this was a delicious dinner, mm. but a frustrating recipe, which was right. just, which is, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, mm. wrapping up, what's your winner today? Uh, so my winner today has to be the butter chicken. I'm just going to make mm-hmm. that again and again. Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I liked every single one of these. Mm-hmm. We were happy to be eating them. So I'm going to go with the arepas, though, because it was easy, different. Oh, now that yeah. I know what I'm doing, yeah. I will definitely make it again. And mm-hmm. I was happy about it. And also it was a vegetarian dinner, which we're always right. looking for, like a meatless. Uh, so it's good. Nice. Yeah. Any of these recipes sound good to you? Make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at www.dinnersisters.com. There you'll find the links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we discussed, as well as a link to our shopping list spreadsheet. Great. Okay, Kate, what do we have on the smorgasbord today? Ooh, yes. So I wanted to talk about summer cocktails. Actually, mm. just one specific cocktail style. Great. In this case. Yeah, I love that. What are you thinking about? Yeah, so it has been between 900 and a million degrees out here in Rhode Island this past week. Um <laughs> For us. I mean, for you. For you yeah. Like Everyone's sucker. like, how hot can it actually get in Rhode Island? People <laughs> listening from Texas, for instance. Like 90 Betsy. <laughs> yeah. It's so, pretty unbearable. So Kate's dying and she needs a cold <laughs> cocktail. What do you have? <laughs> anyway, it's been hot. I, I would like a cool beverage, you know? Yeah. Plus, I was on a girls weekend this past couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all had the same idea, the wine spritzer. Right. And you and I also were drinking mm. kind of a f- fakish wine spritzer when we were in Florida. <laughs> yes. Um, because 
I also really like to have a drink or something when you want to drink mm. at like three, but yes. you're still watching your kids and it doesn't seem like you should really be making yourself a hard liquor cocktail. I mean, go right. for it. But <laughs> I mean, if you'd like to have more than one, if you want to have more than one, that's right. the problem. Right. If, if you're just wanting to kind of sit for a while. Yeah, yes. exactly. The wine spritzer, I also think was super popular, probably in the 70s. I have a feeling mom's going to make fun of us for this, but I don't care. Oh, that's Whatever. funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I also like that these cocktails are not rocket science. You just take a wine that you like drinking that isn't too dry or oaky. You know, you don't want like the world's oakiest, butteriest Chardonnay for this. It's kind of like, Yeah, that'd be kind of gross. Right. So you want like a rosé or a white blend or a Pinot Grigio, and you pour about a half glass of that over ice. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the, the, you know, like fake spritzer, right? And then yeah. you top it off with plain seltzer or your favorite flavor of fancy La Croix or La Croix, which is really what you, how you're supposed to say it. Yeah. Just so perfect for sipping. And when it's hot and you don't want to pass out after drinking straight wine or beer, you know, which I, you know, feel like I can get really heavy. Plus, you can mix and match to find your ideal combo, which is also fun. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think we did like rosé and a peach pear La Croix. When we were in Florida. Yeah, that was really delicious. Mm -hmm. And you know what else I think is a good idea? Right after we came back from Florida, I went to a baby shower and uh, had wine and some like kind of fancy soda and all the kind of things there. And I just sort of made myself a little wine spritzer half and half for the baby shower because, again, it was in the middle of the Mm -hmm. afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is kind of a fun thing to do also for a baby shower or like one of those kind of events where it's simple and fun, not too much work. Right. But you know, it really works in those situations. Yeah. And it's so easy to keep in the house. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, a couple bottles of wine. I mean, I feel like every place is selling 12 different types of sparkling water. So go to town. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you can, if you want to, like, bring it up a notch. You can get super fancy with a spritzer, too. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the quote-unquote official spritzer is <laughs> more right. like a couple ounces of liquor, um, a liqueur, really, um, three ounces of sparkling wine, and a splash of soda. So you can see how this is, like, a harder kind of, like, maybe yes. actual cocktail hour style drink. Right. Um, but I still think it sounds good. They had a Campari spritz, which was Campari, which is actually pretty bitter, Sparkling mm-hmm. rosé and lemon soda water. Mm. I mean, it sounded really good. Um, yeah, yeah you, I, I sent you this article. So what did you think? You did. And that'll be a fun one to look at. We'll post it. Mm-hmm. There was like a Lambrusco cherry mm-hmm. soda sort of one that I thought looked really good. And I really liked the um, combinations in there. I thought yeah. it was kind of fun and fancy. And I'm going to try it. Yeah, yeah, I think they'd be really great. I would encourage our audience to try one this summer, even if it's just rosé and um, some LaCroix, you know? Yeah, so who doesn't have that in their house? Really? Honestly, it's 2018, people. You, If you don't have LaCroix, you've got Polar Spring, which... <laughs> LaCroix and rosé. Yeah, <laughs> or something. I saw my right. Publix just is now decided to get in the sparkling water game. And right. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone James is says call it point. my $5 water, but I don't care. You should it's be delicious. getting. Should be buying that at Aldi's. All right. So <laughs> next week, what do we have coming up? Game night. We're making yes. party foods to make while you're watching or playing a game. I am looking forward to some sausage rolls Yay. you came up with. Yeah. Also, sounds like your girls would like that. They're into the sausage. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. Like- yeah. yeah. 
Um, and but I gotta say, for me, it's the weeknight nachos that are calling my name. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun episode. So mm-hmm. that's what's for dinner. See you next time on the Dinner Sisters, and we'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at www.dinnersisters.com for the show notes, shopping lists, and other fun stuff. Got some dinner ideas? Hey, shoot us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. Also, we have a Facebook page. So if you're interested in finding out what we're talking about over there, we um, talk about some of the recipes. Some of our group members talk about some of the dinner issues that they've been having or ideas that they've had. We've gotten some good ones. So that's at Dinner Sisters Podcast if you want to find us over there. But as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. Click on that star. Say how we're doing. That's how people get to know us. Thanks so much and happy eating.